back to Mike Meets London Tastemakers. In this episode, I chat to MasterChef finalist Sandy Tang about everything from the famous cooking show through to damaging biases in media coverage of food and culture. We talk about where Sandy draws inspiration from for creating her recipes, as well as her upcoming food production business, Journey to the West. We caught up in Badiani Gelato in Notting Hill, which I strongly recommend, by the way. And there's heavy rain and a few sirens to contend with in the background, but I hope you enjoy. Fantastic. So I'm here with Sandy, uh, and most of our listeners will probably know you as one of the finalists from MasterChef 2020. Congratulations on that. But like a lot of sort of MasterChef competitors, uh, I don't think you come from a professional cooking background, right? So do you want to first say hello, and then also tell us kind of what you were doing before and what made you decide to go in on a cooking competition? <laughs> awesome. That's a lot of questions. It's a lot of questions in one. Yeah. Hi everyone. It's Sandy here. Um, I'm yeah, so happy to be with Mike today. Uh, and uh, yeah, quick introduction of myself. A lot of people have seen me being on MasterChef 2020, and now I'm working as a uh, food entrepreneur. Um, I also work as a development chef for other brands uh, that they, you know, want to uh, have their new products, basically. Mm. Yeah. Nice. And so. Yeah, so what, what sort of background did you come from that led you into going into MasterChef? Or like, what were you up to before? I think it was the fact that during when when I signed up for MasterChef, I was working uh, in a corporate nine to five, mm. and I realized that that's not something I want to do in the long term. Right. And then you kind of want to figure out, okay, so what's my, you know, the. the the passion on mm. top of my list and cooking for sure is my biggest passion I've been cooking since I was 16 right. uh, pretty much when after I moved to the UK I moved to the UK when I was 13 so like all this like getting nostalgic of like your home food mm. and like living somewhere else I guess that's like that drives me to cook a lot more than I would have right, uh, right. when I was living with my parents um, so you kind of like learn that um, along the way and uh, yeah from like I before I signed up for MasterChef I've already been cooking for a good 10 years right, actually right. so so yeah and uh, I thought you know what like I just give it a try I didn't really expect much out of it but right. uh, <laughs> yeah but I'm sure like I feel like at the time that it's gonna be a journey uh, that I would remember for life, and that's always going to be some takeaway from from this right, right, experience. Right. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, you said you sort of started cooking out with like a bit of nostalgia and yeah, like kind of home stuff. Were, were there any kind of particular memories that you had from growing up, like kind of what food sort of drove you and that you tried to recreate at home? Or? Um, I think I I when I was when I first moved to the UK, I really missed like the idea of dim sum because mm. like dim sum, which is like a small plates of dumplings or like small plates of stuff um, it's very popular or uh, in back in Macau in Hong Kong mm. uh, we we went dim sum brunch like almost every Sunday and uh. that's like a it's like a family ritual like mm. for every week like you you come like different families come together um, and then you had this sponge where you could like this I don't know hundreds of plates you can select from mm. um, and yeah that's something I really miss so initially when I first started cooking I was doing a lot of like steamed buns and right, uh, right. dumplings and stuff like nice. that um, so yeah it's it's really about recreating memory at the beginning uh, and then I think the the purpose of cooking slowly evolved uh, from like 
when I was uh, 15, 16, mm. and then to like I was a bit older when I was in uni, right. and it becomes a social thing sure, yeah, yeah. because you become the only person <laughs> in the student dorm that you can cook. So everyone just right. come to your kitchen to have dinner, um, and that was really fun. Like that aspect mm. was like, like taking care of everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. like dinner and stuff. It was it was fun. Um, and then yeah and then it's a good hobby to have mm. and obviously now it becomes my job now sure, more profession yeah. um so yeah like food is just i think it just ties into my life from the very very beginning mm. yeah very nice and so yeah you're probably sick of talking about it right now but like how did you find the experience of being on masterchef uh, was it what you expected, or is it something a bit different? <laughs> so apparently, there were seven thousand applicants right, uh, wow. for like my year of uh, Master Chef, and then they kind of you have to go through a lot of interviews, mm. and you have to bring them samples, like samples oh, okay, of your right. own food, to the interviews, and then let them you know kind of validate if you're actually as good as you right, claim right. to be on your application form <laughs> <laughs> and then um, they finally select like 60 contestants to actually get into the studio and like start cooking and all that and then uh, that's a lot of like challenges including like mystery box challenges right. that you don't really know what you're getting they send you to really top high-end fine dining restaurants and sometimes like unexpected uh, scenes like I was cooking in Mauritius as well so all this thing I think adding up especially it was like over the course of three months time is really intense mm -hmm. uh, I made really good friends who is nice. uh, who are as passionate as me when it comes to food and we exchange a lot of ideas mm. um, I think that's the valuable part and um, I think filming was was one of the best like experience I ever had it's, right. n it's nothing like normal life <laughs> you don't you don't need to talk to camera while you're cooking you're right. not often cooking under that kind of pressure um, it's almost getting addictive as well like oh, okay. after every challenge you kind of go on to the right. second round and then you want to keep that going because sure. not only you want to win but you actually really enjoy mm. cooking under pressure the thrill <laughs> yeah the thrill the thrill was nothing like anything I've experienced and even now I don't think like me surfacing in a restaurant is quite the same right. um, so yeah I really <laughs> like like that aspect um, and uh, and obviously after the filming it got aired you um, you get a lot of opportunities mm. because people more people know about like know about sure, your cooking yeah. and know about Sandy in general so yeah a lot of opportunities comes along and they're all related to food mm. and and those are the things that I haven't been able to imagine I think when I first signed right, up yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah I was I'm really grateful in, in, in many ways I think uh, yeah luck is important as well <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Um, yeah I think the, the next thing I was gonna ask you about was kind of what yeah what doors have opened like this because of MasterChef what opportunities have come up so like I know yeah a lot of previous kind of winners or finalists have gone out to open their own restaurants or like start their own product lines and things so uh, I guess what have you been up to since the competition I mean I know you had your own mooncakes which were fantastic and um, yeah as you said you've been doing sort of development chef work and consulting so yeah what's what's been the next steps I suppose 
So the next biggest step is uh, I am starting my own food manufacturing business mm. uh, based in London. We just recently secure our lease, which is like, it becomes real now. You yeah. sign something, you're committed to this. There's nowhere to go. Um, <laughs> but the idea is. Um, we're gonna make uh, loads of dumplings uh, inspired by different world cuisines. Mm. So not only I will be making something that's Asian inspired like dim sum or like uh, goza, like that kind of Asian inspired mm. dumpling, but I also want to include stuff like uh, palminis from Russia, right. uh, as well as like Napoli's momo. Right, right. Um, the concept is actually very similar. It's a piece of dough wrapped with some kind of sure, meat or yeah, vegetable yeah. Uh, fillings and the concept is not is not something very it's, it's something very familiar to everybody no matter like where were you sure, from yeah. uh, and hence the company is called <laughs> journey to the west uh -huh. it's like right. bringing everything to where we are uh, especially london being such a diverse mm. place and i think that's something really worth highlighting and there is also a layer of meaning of promoting cultural diversity right, yeah. Um, I think we often talk about differences when it comes to food, but we actually, like as human, <laughs> all together, we have more similarities mm. when it comes to food as well. So yeah. I want to, like this is also a project, I want to highlight the fact that, well, yeah, we're different, but then we also have something, a lot of things in common. Maybe sure. dumpling is also one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, it's interesting, yeah, like all the different cultures that are scattered around the world that come up with the, the same kind of, I guess, base principles behind the, the food that they're eating. That's very cool. So when, when's that launching then? We're hoping to launch um, this project in October. Right. It's going to be very tight because now, considering <laughs> now it's already what, like, yeah, it's going to be August in the next few days. So right. uh, yeah, it's, it's going to it's gonna be tough, but uh, hopefully busy. we're thinking to launch in October. That will be perfect. Awesome. Where, where should people kind of keep an eye out to see news from you again? Um, so for now, well, nothing was really up at the moment, so mm. it's just like best just follow me on my Instagram, uh, which I think we're gonna list it yeah. somewhere <laughs> um, for now, yeah. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned. I'm sure like when it's launched, it will be, I'll, I'll make sure like it will be, it'll be all over the place. <laughs> Perfect, that's what we like to hear. Uh, so I guess like, yeah, leading up to this, then kind of what have you been doing over the last sort of well, year or so, or last few months? keeping busy in COVID I suppose. <laughs> yeah well interestingly I, was, I get very lucky and uh, unlucky also in the sense that I was I was I don't have other options. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I in back in December I decided to uh, go back to Macau to visit mm. my family and then after you know after I get quarantined um, and all that they decided to cancel the direct flight back to right. the UK so it was I was semi-stuck in Macau uh, for four months, um, but it was it was good in the sense that uh, a lot of like restaurants and all that are still open, so I, I had a good time like spending time with my family, which I haven't done like in two years time. So I took it as like a a break between I quit my job because I quit my job during the quarantine pretty much, like when I was already in Shanghai during the quarantine, and now and right before i you know have to start my own business so that four months is uh, is very relaxing and uh yeah and like a lot of thoughts have go into my like the product design as well as in like thinking of what element it should mm. be included and all that kind of thing yeah right, right what sort of um 
Yeah, what sort of influences do you take when it comes to like creating products? Like, where do you get your ideas from? I think it was just like a bit of bit of everything, really. Um, like me being brought up in uh, Macau, which is already a place, a very unique place itself, mm. uh, having a mix of Portuguese culture and a bit of Cantonese culture. They all blend together. Like at, I think when I was young, I almost take it for granted. Like no one was really telling us, oh, this is Western, this is Chinese. Right, no, it was right. just like, yeah, like we had that since we were young. So mm. you, you think, well, whatever works, right? <laughs> um, and I think that I, I, I still have that kind of stuck in my mind and saying like, I don't, I don't look at the cuisine and say, well, this is, this is like their cuisine. This is our right. cuisine because I think cuisine just keep evolving mm. and like the more research and reading that I've done I realized that's like that's almost like no such thing as or like a, a very solid definition of what a fusion food is because mm. what we most of the modern cuisine we having now it doesn't exist uh, a few hundred years ago so I think it's just it's a it's a very natural consequence mm. that we start playing with different ingredients uh, and new combinations and I think I'm just I'm just riding on that journey mm. that many people many brilliant chefs before mm. me has been doing really very humble <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favorite creation that you've come up with like what are you most proud of oh that's that's <laughs> so difficult uh, my favorite one I, I love making desserts mm. uh, so the other day I was making a uh, kind of like a tribal, um, so layered with um, coconut mascarpone cream. Actually, Malibu. So I, I yeah, I add a bit of Malibu because like who Why doesn't not? yeah <laughs> who doesn't like Malibu? Um, and then layered with uh, some like crushed peanuts, sesame, uh, desiccated coconut, um, and then like just do it like three layers of that. And then on top of it, I put like a, uh, I don't know. Have you heard of dragon beard? candy which is like a oh, almost like a cotton yeah. candy that you just yeah. can put well uh, by hands mm. um, and that is like those candies are one of the very traditional candy I had back in Macau right, right. so I tried to turn that candy which is like just a sweet itself into a more layered dessert right, right. sort of you know I don't know I would think of tiramisu or tribal when I look at that dessert so mm. yeah I quite like that like it's just it's always a you always got something new that you, you come up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it sounds very cool. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. It looks it sounds great. Um, and so, I guess on the flip side, like, what's your go-to comfort food that you prepare for yourself? Assuming that it's not one of your weird and wonderful creations. I don't know. Maybe it is. Comfort food. My comfort yeah. food is it will be either a noodle type of thing because I love noodles, mm. or it'll be fried chicken. I, I really <laughs> love fried chicken, like any type of fried chicken. And I'm gonna admit it, and I don't think, I, I yeah, I'm gonna admit it now because I've been admitting in public for many times. Like, I, I have no shame walking into a Madonna uh. or walking into KFC because I think the recipe are just like so well tested. You mm. can't say they're ho like they did just taste good, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, those are those are my treat every now and then. Nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. I was I was gonna ask kind of, do you have any favorite spots in London? Uh, but maybe maybe it's KFC. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you consider how often I go there, right. then probably that's like my my uh, yeah my favorite spot in comparison <laughs> to like some Michelin star restaurant. Sure. I can only like afford going like once a year. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Are, are, are there any other kind of like big places that you'd like to go back to or you particularly enjoy in, in London? Uh, I think I would really like to go back to uh, Doterra, which is like the, mm. the uh, restaurant that I we were surfacing when during MasterChef. Right, right. Um, because their, their recipes are really interesting. So it's a, I think now it is a two Michelin star restaurant. Right, okay. uh, they are really good in the sense that when we were there, they don't have like, they haven't got any star at right. all. And then they're slowly getting one and then now two. The service amazing. Their menu is very innovative. Um, they also use like, yeah, again, ingredients from yeah, across the whole world. Mm. And uh, the flavor profile is really interesting, the technique they're using is um, I think like if you haven't been to their Michelin Plus you wouldn't realize how much work go into their dishes right. so yeah I would really like to go back at some point to be the guest instead of the chef mm. <laughs> uh, yeah nice nice um, so one question that I've been asking everyone that I speak to is like do you have an idea of what the next kind of like big food trend might be to hit London do you have a feel for like what we're gonna be seeing more of in the kind of coming months or years yeah, that's an interesting one. So according to some, some <laughs> according to according to some like market research, I think the um, the the market share of like uh, commonly seen cuisine like in, uh, like English, Italian, and even Indian mm. is is reducing. Right. But you will see up, uh, like upcoming trends like Tex-Mex right. is gonna be ex- like yeah they're gonna expand more. And obviously Asian cuisines, uh, that's just, that's actually include, that's very broad actually, <laughs> like, you know, Japanese, Chinese, uh, and especially when it comes to like regional stuff, mm. I think people are slowly understanding the idea of each of the country has their very unique regional right, food. Right. Um, which is good. Like the more people, more people educated on that, mm. that means like less stereotype, right? When yeah. they in this food scene, um, so I think it's it's good. Like I'm really looking forward to it. Like people actually have a more conscious mm. um, about the these the background or the, the history of of where the food is coming from, and obviously there are like bigger agendas uh, when it comes to like sustainability. Right. Right. So yeah, I think that's like there's there's lots of things going on in the dining scene. Sure. Yeah. No. It's uh, definitely, despite everything over the last like year or so, I think it is an exciting time. Definitely going forwards. Um, yeah. So do you have any kind of other big plans on the horizon apart from Journey to the West, or is it kind of all going into that? <laughs> it at the moment I should be like everything <laughs> should be going into this, but I think in potentially in October I might um, I might spend a week in Dubai uh, oh, okay. as a guest chef during the World Expo oh, it's not nice. fully confirmed yet uh, because of COVID mm. but uh, I look forward to that yeah. if I can like I think that would be really interesting to just yeah work abroad for sure. a week yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds really cool uh, are there any other kind of uh events or things that you want to promote coming up are you at foodies festival do i see yes yeah. that's right actually i completely <laughs> forgot yes <laughs> next month august uh i would be in bournemouth in london and also oxford mm. um for three days check out their their website if you're interested um yeah i'll be doing uh, some demonstration during the food foodie festival uh, haven't really decided what my dish gonna be like yet. <laughs> really, so many choices. But I want to bring something 
um, that can represent where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Especially like a lot of people would ask me, "Oh, you're from Macau? What's Macanese cuisine like?" Right, right. So uh, yeah, I definitely want to cook something uh, quite unique mm. for for the for this opportunity. Nice. Is that something that? Um yeah, you're kind of forced to think about all the time when you're creating stuff. Because I know you were talking about earlier, like, you know, cuisine comes from all over and you want to take inspiration from lots of different types of cuisine. But do you feel like you're sort of tied to your roots and you want to keep producing something that's authentic to you personally? Or are you sort of not restrained by that? I think I'm not restrained at all about, like, what I need to put my cuisine like what category I need yeah. to put my cuisine or my food into because I just don't find it necessary. Mm. I think everything is just it's just me and sometimes like it has to come from a memory. I think a lot of the dishes that I create it has to come from a memory or something that mm. like I don't like cooking just for the for the sake of cooking. Like I say like okay I'm I'm. I think that's like daily food. That's like a. a it's a different aspect. As in, like, okay, do you? Uh, am I cooking this dish almost like on the basis of I'm feeding myself, like right, as in, right. as a meal? But there are also separate times that I'm like I'm designing a mm. dish right. because I think it means something to me. It's like a almost like a a, a craft that mm. I'm trying to yeah. to create. Um, so yeah, that's like different aspect when it comes to creating, uh, cooking, I mean, yeah. Amazing. I think that was all I was going to ask you. Is there anything that I should be asking you about or uh, you'd like to talk about that I've missed? I think the, the after experience, I mean like after the show, mm. yeah, it's like I really enjoy the filming experience of MasterChef, mm. but actually not so much when we, it was aired oh, right. maybe it's like I think it was it was just there are obviously a, a lot of people supporting you but then there are also because you we are also living in lockdown mm. at the time I just think that kind of like attention from social media is not necessarily right. very beneficial sure. um, and I'm so, also like I think I, I had spent like a good time learning to cope with cope with like people's other people's opinion or yeah, like yeah. It's, it's a very very odd dimension like mm. you not knowing like the people basically the people talking to you know a lot more right. than <laughs> you it's than, the one way yeah, yeah it's like a very one-way relationship you're trying to develop with others and um, also the 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 after experience is like obviously you get to be interviewed a lot mm. uh, by major press right, right. and then like I think that is the, the experience is, is uh, interesting I also learn a lot more about uh, media right. and, the, uh, and the, the, the power of media and press in, in, in the UK and uh, I, I sometimes it's quite disappointing mm. that you you find out how biased right. uh, people's views are towards like a certain culture mm. still like in in this modern days oh, it, it was it was very shocking um, but then it was also quite it was shocking in the sense that you think well but then this are th those are the people who have the power to influence a wider group right. of audience so um, yeah I think that probably leads to why I want to develop my uh, 
efficacy a bit more on this kind of like not just food but like culture mm. behind food and oh actually forgot to mention uh, in September I'm gonna do a part-time master in anthropology of food at oh, SOS right. wow. so that's also me like trying to educate myself mm. a bit more about like the history of, of food and you know what are the challenges we're going through um, so that like obviously the term influencers mean you have actually have certain skills or you have certain platform to have a voice but I'm currently I don't think I'm in a position or I'm not quite confident yet saying that I know everything right. I want to get myself educated I want to make a sort of like a, a more positive impact in the mm -hmm. current food space um, because that's something I spotted right I was that's what I was saying like a lot of people in the media in the press are still having a holding a very biased view mm -hmm. and that's something I want to change in the future yeah I think that's yeah very admirable and much needed as you say yeah. so yeah very nice on that note then I'll just say thank you very much for taking the time to chat to me um, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah I look forward to seeing the launch of Journey to the West later this year Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's <laughs> a yeah, it's Thanks, a pleasure Andy. chatting to you. And there you have it. So thanks so much again to Sandy for chatting with me. Do keep an eye out on her Instagram and website to see what she's getting up to next and hear more about Journey to the West. I'll put the relevant links in the show notes below. You can find me on Instagram at Mike Eats London or follow the pod at Mike Meets London. If you enjoyed the episode, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got any questions or guests you'd like to hear on the show, do get in touch with me as well. See you next time.